What's up, everybody? Welcome back, and thanks for joining us. You've tuned into another episode of Old Terps Podcast, brought to you by the good folks at New Amendment. Hell of a week, gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, you got to be you <laughs> wow. got to be absolutely kidding me. Uh, I I think it'd be silly not to start this show by mentioning we were all in Salt Lake City. Uh, we we all conquered Salt Correct. Lake City. And Snaps. we all thrived in Salt Lake City. So, Kev, uh, I think a lot of people would just want to know what kind of your experience was like there. Maybe we start off the show with that and kind of get into stuff after after we talk about the big grown man stuff. It was uh, it was a good time. Like I said, you guys all flew out uh, Friday. We were there through the weekend. We uh, we had some fun in Vegas right after Salt Lake briefly. Uh, we were considering bringing out the microphones. I don't know if Reese put it in the bag, but the connection and the dogs were barking and birds were chirping. We just couldn't get a pot out last week. Um, but it was a hell of a weekend. Um, my first experience at All-Star Weekend, uh, I got out there Friday. I think people have probably heard of it before. It's it's not a relaxing experience. It's definitely not the let's go to the beach in Miami or Cabo and kick our feet up for the weekend uh you're pulling a lot of different directions there's you can kind of see firsthand why all stars the guys who are in it year after year um maybe get sick of it a little bit or uh show up later and later every year i think guys enjoy being on the court and being out there to be out there competing and it's, and it's all a show and it's all in good fun but there's a lot of media there's a lot of appearances you do there's a lot of people around um so it is a lot and so i was out there friday and saturday um Saw a lot of people around the NBA, so I had a lot of fun. My family got to go out. You guys got to go out. Had my competition Saturday night. Uh, obviously did not go as planned, but uh, regardless, the experience was, was super awesome. Got to stick around for the dunk contest. Uh, afterwards, we had a little fun, went to dinners, and then were able to enjoy the rest of All-Star Weekend. But for my first experience, it was a lot of fun. If I if I was LeBron and it was like my 14th or 15th experience, you can see why those guys get sick of it. It's just there's a lot going on, but uh, the NBA does a really good job. There's so many moving parts. Like there, we were talking. There's I don't think I've ever seen so many Sprinter vans. I don't think I've ever seen so much security. Like getting into the getting into the team hotel was like getting into the White oh. House. There was like three security checkpoints. You Crazy. had to be on a list for this, a room key for that. Like. It was so locked down with, with dogs. I think there was about four uh, police dogs sleeping in the lobby at all times, just like they're on go. Uh, so there was a lot going on. Super, like the logistics of the whole thing is super impressive. Salt Lake City, pretty impressive. Um, did not really know what to expect out of it, but I thought they did a good job. What would you guys think? I'll tell you well, what. dogs. I'll- those dogs started barking when Memphis Bro, came in. Huh? Talk about Memphis. Memphis gets off their sprinter van. Everything's calm and chill. Then we got Memphis coming off their sprinter van, and dogs just start going crazy. I I will say, like, no comment. Yeah, I don't even want to comment on it. I don't even want to comment. <laughs> no, no comment. comment. No, no, no comment. I, I enjoyed it though, Trav. Uh, I just think if you were to say if there was one team, you're like, hey, a dog started barking. Which team walked through the doors? Memphis is in your top two guesses. Absolutely. Let's just put it that <laughs> Especially way. Especially within the past couple weeks, all the BS that's gone on behind their team, and like, were this, you know, no trouble in the West. We just lost nine straight. 
oh, do we kind of suck? You know, <laughs> shit like that. And out of nowhere, they just show up in the all black. They got all the black shades on. <laughs> Sprinter van was tinted out black. I mean, they, they're swaggy as fuck. I'll tell you what. But I, something about the guys, I just don't like them. Didn't get along with them. The Sprinter Van comment was was underrated because you did walk out of that hotel lobby in the front. And you you never seen like an Uber line where there's like people waiting for their Ubers, this and that. And there was 19 Sprinter Vans posted in every single color. And you get in your Sprinter, you leave, and there's four more behind you. I've never seen anything like it. Well, how about leaving the game who we saw before getting in the Sprinter Van? Shout out Mark Cuban. I heard he wants to come on the pod. That's just the word <laughs> on the street. <laughs> listen, Good guy. Listen, you got, I, I, look, I look Mark in the eye and I said, listen, man. I got a business idea. You're going to love it. I gave him a 30-second elevator pitch. He shook my hand and said, son, you're going places. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and I let's said, just, damn right let's I just talk about, This was like picking up a chick. We were walking out of we were walking out of the arena Saturday night, and you should have seen Andrew Reese Travis. It was like Radar O'Reilly. Like, boom. Right out of the notice, like, wait, Mark Cuban's behind Mark. Like, how do we initiate a conversation? And then there's Reese. Right away, Reese is just like, I got it. Walks right up to the guy. Uh, I think what you give him your card said if you ever need to ride anywhere. Yeah, was that bro. like your open line? <laughs> don't don't the... give him credit. <laughs> wow, he shouldn't get credit for that. This is it was just... it was the soft it was it was the weakest softest. If I was Mister Cuban, I would have turned her. In, I would have said, "Son, get Me out of my too. face." Reese marches over with his. Wow, said, hey, you two Mr. couldn't Cuban. even hear. You were so far away. Bro, you you looked like wet bread. So can soft. I get a selfie? <laughs> you you were soft as can I get a, Can I get a selfie, please? That's and he looked you up and down. He said, "I shouldn't give this kid a picture." But, but he did because he's a great guy. He saw me. He saw Drew. He saw some businessmen. And he said, you know what? Let me hear what these guys are working with. Let me, let me, let, let's get down to let's business. Let's not give reason. Literally, you guys know. We're, we're standing next thing you know, I might, be his, I might be his next financial advisor. Bro, you know, Reese, Reese he walked big, up he, to him. He, he, he was a big fan. Reese big walked fan. up to him and said, he said, call me fucking Mark, son. And do you want a picture? No. <laughs> Y'all didn't say a word to Mr. Cuban. I, I don't want to Mr. Cuban, nice to meet you. It was impressive. People, I did turn around and, and these guys had a full conversation going. It's just like, wow, okay. Like, hey, talk about the pod. Give a shout I, out. Good I luck. left that conversation and he said, he said, Drew, he said, you can call me Q. The rest of your buddies, except for Trap, Trap can call me Q as well. <laughs> Reese, I want you calling me Mr. Mark Cuban. <laughs> From here on out. I like it. Keep it yeah, professional. I hope so. I'm a fan. A lot of people forget though. Uh, ten minutes before that, a couple guys were on the court, hanging out with the uh, in celebrity circle, just taking in the dunk contest. I look, I looked the security guard in the, in the eyes, and I said, "Hey, man, I was in the skills contest, you know, twenty minutes ago. Let me down there." He said, "Son, get down there." Then Drew said, "I'm the coach. Get down there, bud." I said, "I know. I need to get my guys fired up. <laughs> See the guy in the green jacket? It's one of mine. He's fired up for me." He was like, "He was like, whoa." He was like, "You're a young coach." I was like, yeah, you better believe it, buddy. He's like, follow me on Twitter at, yeah. at thecoach.com. The, well, I think the, the moral parts... story is act like you've been here before. That's it. If you just act like you've been here before, you go places. That's what I told. Uh, Correct. That's what I told Travis. I said as we were walking down, these guys cannot stop us. Just act like you know what you're doing and walk down. Of course, I turn around and I see Reese and Brendan stop by the security guard saying, those two, absolutely not. They don't belong down there. <laughs> Reese is sitting back there. This guy's out. lying again. Act like I wasn't on the court, though. Reese looked like TJ McConnell. That's true. <laughs> Take well, a charge. Why? why? Smack, well, the best, part is, the best part is we did leave. Sunday, we get to Vegas. Very, very hungover. We all were. 
and boom, the Terps were on. <laughs> the Terps were on. We got to the hotel, the sports book, big old TV. We had some nice lunch and watched Maryland lose at Nebraska, uh, which was not a good sign for the rest of the weekend, but I, I enjoyed the atmosphere that we got to watch that game in. Had some very mediocre chicken tenders. Um, Dude, the worst. Some decent tacos, but. Those were the worst. <laughs> Those things were the worst. Not only that, uh, but we had half the guys at the table just stealing everybody's food. Sorry, I'm getting off topic, but I mean, Kevin at one point just started. Say, call him, say to my it, name. First off, Kevin was stealing, stole two wings from me, didn't even ask. Just sat there, brought his plate out, and just started ripping, ripping nugs off my plate. But I respect Kevin because Kevin looked you in the eyes as he reached his fork over and took your chicken tenders. I, re- I respect the guy. He looked you in the eyes. You knew what he was doing. He did it. Reese, trying to be a little sly, slick guy over there, is sneaking his hand under the table and trying to freaking. All right, not nah, 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 nah. I don't want to come on. Come on, on. Tighten up. Everybody tighten up. <laughs> Slyly trying to s- steal, steal a couple of. Uh, Chicken wings without anybody noticing. Even David, even David, saying, "Whoa, be a man!" <laughs> <laughs> hey, wipe that. That never happened. <laughs> uh, all right, so let, let's at least get into the X's and O's a, a little bit of uh, of Nebraska, Maryland. So let's just put this out here: Jameer Young is real deal business, and if Hakeem Hart continues playing, kind of how he has been. I don't know if I don't know a team in the Big Ten that could actually beat them on a neutral court. Like I really don't. Like, and that's saying a lot from where I was three weeks ago. But those two are playing really well. Dante contributes and Julian Reese keeps getting to his spot, throwing a couple tray balls by Carey. Get out of here, man. It's a Julian good point, Reese but deserves I... his No, I just wanted to mention one thing, because you believe that on neutral court they're dangerous. I want to know. I know, understand, early in the year, they beat Miami neutral court. They won some big games neutral court. But I don't know. At Xfinity, these guys are a top five team. Yeah. But I do wonder, losing at the road in Nebraska, I get it. They pack it, too. They're playing really well. Nebraska looks good. But I don't know. Neutral court, so tournament talk, two tournaments coming up. You guys think Maryland will play well? You don't know. This is history has told us. Uh, this is usually the time of year where things go stale a little bit. Um, we have not had a great history. At least I never did. Big Ten tournament. Um, not sure what your guys' history was. I don't think we ever really advanced that far. Hoping it's different with this team. Obviously, the buys will help. It's all about matchups. Uh, for me, though, I got to give Julian Reese his flowers. He's played he's played super well these last couple weeks. I feel like imposing his will, staying out of foul trouble. He looks a lot better and more comfortable. He looks stronger in the paint. Uh, he's been a great anchor. Like you said, Hakeem has stepped up. Jameer has been there all year. It's still just that Nebraska game. It felt like we were going to steal it. It was one of those games where it never felt like we are playing well. Nebraska is a tough place to go in and win. Like, it's a long flight. It's weird. Uh, you're not really, again, you're not like worried about Nebraska, but you go into their building expecting to win. And then it never really feels like you play that well. And we just hung around, like we hung around all game. It felt like they were playing well. They had energy and we were still in the game, which for me is usually a good sign. And um, just weren't able to get a shot off at the end of the game. Weren't able to execute, obviously, and get a win. I think you give Juju's flowers. I think like the last, 
Honestly, I was going to say two weeks, but it might even be like three or four. He's been like a completely different player. Like, I think early in the season, he just, it seemed like the physicality a little bit, the um, caliber of big in the Big Ten was like giving him a little bit of trouble. He's turned it around, and then Hakeem has been like, I think he's been one of the best in the league in the past two weeks. I mean, he's averaging like 17 and a half in his last four, I think, but it's been on like, 60% 60% from the field, 70% from the field, something crazy. He's passing the ball, he's rebounding. He is. He has kind of, I think, mastered that little in-between game where he gets downhill a little bit, puts his shoulder in the guys, gets to his little mid-range push shot, and he's, I mean, again, he's like 6'9", 6'8", 6'9", it's tough to guard. Um, he has completely, I think, unlocked this team and the way we've played. Those two guys, I think, deserve a lot of credit for yeah, how we've played. I agree. The uh, something surprising to me too with with this team is also our depth. I think it's we were unsure. That was a big question mark going into this year. Was what was our bench going to give us? And continuously, I think our bench has surprised me in a very good way. Uh, Jahari Long, Ian Martinez looks really good to me this year. It's just like a, he's athletic. He gives a lot of effort. He's not a liability on the offensive end anymore. Defensively, is obviously where he shines. But we're getting really good minutes from guys off the bench that I think at the start of the year we were questioning how much depth we're going to be after our top five. Yeah. yeah. Well, I said, watching, watching that Nebraska game, I said, like, Jahari Long, he got on the court, and I was like, I, I completely forgot about him. I wonder, I wonder why he doesn't play a little bit more. I get Jameer's our best player. He's going to play 36 minutes a game. Um but I have wondered, especially in moments where maybe, you know, Don isn't shooting the ball like we would love to see him shoot it, why a guy like Jahari Long hasn't played a little bit more. He he just, every time he plays, I think it's like, okay, he's solid. Like, he's making solid plays, which is, I mean, you need guys like that to kind of complete your rotation and, and, and eat some of those minutes. And I think, like we're saying, depth, I think eight guys is plenty. And I think that's kind of what they've set to, I think, in a tournament. Uh, I think you need eight guys to run with. And like we were saying, we, it's rare that we usually see a bench guy and say, we, I think Jahari Long should play more minutes. Uh, he looks great. He's a great backup one. He comes in and he's aggressive. Uh, he kind of picks up slightly where Jameer Young left off, which is exactly what you want. And I do think Ian's been incredible. Uh, a lot of people want him to start, but maybe he's just comfortable being the sixth man. He's an incredible guy to come out off the bench. So that's been great. But really this whole team has been shocking. It's been awesome to see. You'd like to win at Nebraska, but the game before that, I mean – Beating Purdue at home, top five win. First since maybe Duke back nah, in since almost since 10 Iowa. years ago. Yeah, first first top five win since Iowa, I think like 2015. I think my freshman year team beat them when they were number three. But it was just, there was more hype around this. There was, it was much more. Was that at home or against? No, at it was at Iowa. home. It, it, was, it was more needed. Okay. It's like Adam Woodbury. Utah, Utah. Peter Jock. Oh, Utah. Wow. I was Utah. Peter Jock was there. This this yeah. game against the game against Purdue, if we're gonna talk about that a little bit, felt so much more needed because we lost to UCLA in such a terrible way. That exactly you know, we were beating teams, we were beating ranked teams, we beat IU, we beat you know, we beat Illinois, et cetera, et cetera. That was our first time I think we beat a team where we sat down and said okay, we actually can beat any team in the country because we know Purdue can beat any team in the country. You know, at home, neutral, away, it doesn't really matter. Once you get that confidence, I think that's kind of what, what takes you to the next level. And, you know, we talk about it all the time. February is, a, February is one of those games where 
you know, Travis and I, I, I think we spoke about this today a little bit. Michigan State is going to feel that loss today for a long time, not just because, you know, tough loss, you up 13 with a minute and 30 seconds left, but because go a step further, that lingers. Now, can we win? Can we finish games? Can we close games? Instead, our guys are thinking we can beat Purdue. We can beat any team in the in the country. It doesn't matter if it's at home. You know, that's not – when when we were on the team, I feel like we never once sat there, maybe at some points, but we never once sat there and said, we beat Michigan State at home. We could have only beat them at home. That's our only chance. No, if we beat Michigan State, we are like, shit, we just beat Michigan State. You know, I think it carries a lot more confidence than – what other people take it for, which is a good home win, you know? Well, for the most part, I think this Big Ten season has gone where everybody's beating up on each other. Like, there's there's a lot of the same records in the middle of the conference. I know we had a win against Illinois that now seems like forever ago. We beat IU at home. IU feels like they've been getting beaten all year. It didn't feel like it, it was a good win at the time, but it didn't feel like it was a resume-building win. Like, no, this Purdue win is, is the one you hang your hat on. Like, they've separated themselves, not only in the Big Ten, but in the rest of the country, that Selection Sunday comes up. It's like, hey, that Maryland team beat Purdue. And I know it was at home, but this just – I think that was such a huge win for us, confidence-wise, for the fan base, because that was like a – no, that's a really good team. We just came in. We beat them handily. Like, that wasn't – I know that was – you know, it was a close game up until, you know, the 16 minutes, 12 minutes in the second half, and then we really got some separation. But like you look back, I mean that was that wasn't a game that came down to the wire. Like we had that game in hand for the last eight minutes of the game, um, so it was really great, great to see for us. Obviously, I think you both you both touched on it. Like Drew, you mentioned UCLA was probably like our other elite elite opponent we've played, and they blew us out of the gym. And you know Purdue is not that is like an elite basketball team, and like we've gone a lot of years in Maryland basketball. I think we're like that is what we've been striving for is to say like we want to beat these elite teams to actually go out and do it was I think super impressive and I think Kev you just touched on it like the way we kind of got that separation in the second half was I mean I think it was monumental right like basketball is a game of runs every team's gonna have spurred ability and things but for us you know that game and I think like the last four or five to be able to put together those just massive runs in the second half of games that's something where you say like okay in March in these late you know, tough, contested games, we know if we get to this point 15, 10 minutes in the second half, like we have the ability to go on one of those big runs and kind of Bro, blow a game open, which not every do team can do. Do you remember yeah. when we were playing LSU my senior year, you guys' junior year, Reese, obviously sophomore, yeah. and we're down 15 points with like 13 minutes left in the second half. And I remember yeah. we brought it into yeah. a huddle and we all sat there and we went back to a game that we did that before. And we were like, yeah. we know we can do this. We're on a neutral court. We've done this before. Now let's just implement it. And guess what? Then it's 12 with 12. Now you're playing point a minute. Now you're 10, 10, six, you know, get to that point where you're in striking zone. And we did that. So I think any run or any big victory home or away or anything that you can just kind of hang your hat on is monumental going into the tournament, because then you can look back and say, 15 with 15 left, that's doable. We, you know, it's not likely, but Absolutely. it's doable. I think you should, ex- we should expand on that point too, because I don't think, I think a lot of people watch games and they look at the score, like again, down 15 with 15 minutes left. But like when you're in a game, if you're a coach, you're a player, you're not looking at it like we're down 15. You're looking at it like, 
Let's win. Let's get a 6-0 run going. Let, let, let's get this in the single digits. Let's get this down to seven at the under eight timeout. Like, that's how people approach these games where it's not like, Drew, you talk about it all the time. And it's like you're watching a game and you're like, okay, if we could get this down under 10 by this media timeout, yeah. we have a chance, right? Like, that's how people approach games, um, which, again, magnifies this whole spurtability, game of runs, ability to do that type I, of thing. I'm a huge point-a-minute type of guy. So, like, under the 12, that media timeout, I'm really big on, you know, 12 with 12 is doable. 10 with 10 is doable. Because you don't want to get into a mentality of, you know, and we've talked about this a couple times on the podcast, where if they score, the game's not over if they score. You just have to match their scores and score a couple more times. You don't need to go on a 15-0 run. You just need to go on, you need to win each media timeout by three points. You win by three points on each media timeout. Guess what? That's a point a minute. So you just you you, you do those small things and you chip away because you don't want to get into a mentality of they score here. This is this is done. No, there's 11 minutes left. You're down fucking 10 points. Relax. You know you can still figure it out. And everyone everyone knows who's played before, been on the other side. If you're up, if you're down 12, or you're the team that's up 12, and the team cuts it to maybe five, all of a sudden you're real yeah. tight. You're thinking we were up 20 at one point. No way we blow this. And that's like the second the Iowa game went to overtime, I don't think anybody thought Michigan State no was going to win. They got tight. They were up 20. They were up 12 with a minute left. When that comes back, you're, you're get tight, and that's you almost have no shot because you're losing the confidence. Yeah. Um, one thing we were saying, too, is that this Maryland team has experienced um, a lot this year. And like you're saying, they've beat an athletic team like Miami, and then they come and beat a team like Purdue – I think they have ultimate confidence. I see any team they face, I feel like they're going to be confident enough to take yeah, them on. I agree. The thing I love about it, the identity of this team, too, and we talked about it in the Nebraska game, is I love, I love obviously, the style. Like, we get in people's shit. You guys, we bring people off the bench to continuously just pick up guys full court. But how many games have there been this year where we are not the tougher team, where we're not punching first? Like, there hasn't been – like maybe few. UCLA like Michigan, I think you Michigan, look at the games we've lost State, Michigan State like Michi- and Michigan at Michigan like at Michigan and UCLA yeah. are the only two I can think of every game like you go on and it's like the way and like the tenacity that we play with every game it's it's just like it's fun to watch and it's and you love to see it by a team that had a lot of question marks going into the year with a new coach and we didn't know what the talent was going to look like like these dudes play hard every night they they've punked a lot of teams this year just by like hey we're we're tougher than you we're bigger than you we're stronger than you we're more athletic we're gonna go win this game because of all those attributes yeah we might miss a couple shots but like it's just constant pressure over the course of the whole game continuous pressure and I think it's I for me it's fun to watch I, I haven't seen this brand of Maryland basketball in a while it's obviously not something that we all played for we just played a different style but the way that this roster is and the players they have you love to see it. Yeah, I agree. And that's not easy to like replicate. I think college like toughness is such a huge buzzword across college basketball. Like, and I don't think there are certain programs that you associate with like toughness, and everybody can't do it. But like, that's like a, a Michigan State thing. That's uh, yep. It's, it's not a lot of it's not a West lot of programs. Virginia. That you, West Virginia. Yep. There's not a lot of programs that you look at and you think of toughness. Right now, I think our team is one of the few where I look at it and I say, okay, they're tough. Like and that is something like again like in March late in season, that is something that carries you to victories when you know like if we just go out and we're the tougher team we're gonna have a chance to win. 
And it starts. But with you say the like the identity, like like when other teams go and play against us, and you're if you ask an Iowa fan, why is Maryland one of the best? Why is Maryland fifth in the Big Ten right now? Like I was going to be like, I mean, they have Jameer Young, who's probably who should be first team All Conference. They have a bunch of other guys that are good players, but like, why have they won so many games? Now they're tough as nails. Like they they pick up full court. Like offensively, they work for shots. They offensive rebound. They rotate eight or nine guys in. And it's like you said, there's not a lot of programs that build that up. And it'll be interesting to see if Willard, if he continues that team to team year after year. And you know, uh, like what's also important about that is like, we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, later next week. But like when you're playing in a tournament setting where it's single elimination, where you don't really have time to game plan, where you're playing back to back days, like that is also something that wins games. It's just like flat out who's going to be tougher. Who's going to get up and just mm-hmm. say, I'm going to win the game? Because, like, in that in these tournament settings, like, a lot of that X and O's, basketball, a lot of that stuff gets thrown out the window. We talked about before, who wins in March? Michigan State. Who's a tough team? Michigan State. I think Maryland's going to take on that identity. I think, like we said, they they got punked maybe two or three times this year. Um, and a couple of them are just bad calls with the refs. Um, but I do think that Willard will implement this moving forward. And I think Maryland will always be considered one of those tough teams now. It's also why, I mean, I think it's a huge reason also why we haven't lost at home. Like it's, you know, we, we play that certain brand and style of basketball and then you put the crowd behind it. Like that's a huge thing to try to overcome. We're almost there. I don't even know. Senior night this weekend. Senior night, and I don't even know, like, we can pass right over the Minnesota game. Like, I feel like Nebraska, I didn't even realize we played Minnesota. That was the game we were supposed to win at home. I think everyone's looking forward to to what's to come, obviously, tomorrow. It's it's another big game for us, but it's at home. I think we should be confident. Bro, I mean, Minnesota, those guys just suck. Just Let's just call it what it is. No no offense, no disrespect. Those guys are not good. Um, we handled our business as we should. And I don't know, senior night is a special, special, I think, occasion for a lot of reasons. We we sold out the X again, which I love to see. Like, you know, that is a massive gym. And for us to continue to sell it out like this, I think, speak volumes of the fans. Um, but, like, I mean, you guys know senior night's it, it's special. Like, it's, it's really, it's a special time. I'll ask this question because I did not have a senior night. All you guys did. Um is it what you expected? Was it better? What is it worse? I think every year you see, you see three senior nights and you're like, kind of look forward to like, Hey, this is going to be my day. Was it like, Oh no, like this was cool. I got my Jersey and the plaque. I took a picture. They're kind of like, yeah, I was a little overrated. Mine was funky, uh, during COVID. So not a lot of fans, but that was the first time fans could come. My parents were there. Uh, it was cool. And surprisingly Turgeon started me. I did not expect that. Um, and the only reason it was a lot of fun at first is we, by the time I got subbed out, we were up 11 nothing against mm. Penn State. So that was fun as shit. We couldn't miss. Wig, I mean, I, don't, I didn't shoot the ball, but I was out there running around. <laughs> we were up 11 nothing. Wigs cashed like two threes. Daryl might have hit a three. Nothing was going wrong. So it felt, that felt crazy. I got subbed out. We're up 11 nothing. I was like, <laughs> on, the, on the stat sheet, you're plus 11. <laughs> yeah, I was. Oh, and then he, he put me back in later. They came back. I was probably like plus 15 that game, but we lost. But So that sucked. But Penn State came back and beat us. It was my, uh, But it, it was fun to start. And like you said, it was cool. Family was there. The picture taken. Uh, getting your jersey framed. It just shows the hard work you put in for those four years. My senior day was different a little bit, too, just because we were right on the edge of seating. So we, we had to beat Minnesota. And Minnesota wasn't bad. They were right on the edge of seating, too. So, like, that was a big 
you know, like what if game for us. And I remember going up to church and everybody was just hounding him because he didn't start the seniors the year before. And he was just, they were just heckling him like, hey, you got to start. You got to start him. You got to start him. You know, I went up to church and I was like, you better not start me. Like, if if we go down 14 and lose because of me in the first four minutes, are you? that'd be the biggest joke of all time. Absolutely don't do that. Um, but I, I do remember senior day was one of those days where it was – you know, you get to go to the middle of the court. You get to hold the plaque. Your family's there. All your friends are there. You know, if you win the game, it's going to be a hell of a night. You know, it's one of those where I, I think it's something that you'll always remember. You have a good picture and throw it up on Instagram. Probably got you know five thousand likes. You can't argue with that any day of the week. <laughs> Some likes. <laughs> Some like that's five k. Five five zero zero zero. I think for me, look, I'm I'm not a guy that peaked in college. Right, I'm going to peak when I'm. 35 sitting on a pile of money. Love it. Um, Love it. It is what it is. But to to this point in time, it is tough for me to pinpoint a better day in my life than my senior day. Um, Electric. Because it was cool. Taking the picture was cool. Having my family on the court was cool. Having a banner with your name on it. All that is great. And I think it is like a great testament to the work that you put in. But that day was us versus Michigan. It was a Sunday. It was noon. And it was you win, you clinch a share of the Big Ten title. It was point blank, simple. You win, you get it done. You don't, you don't. You'll be from, forever remembered as that team that botched the three, four-game leads in the Big Ten standings. You win, you'll have a banner with your name on it and X forever, and they'll say this is the first team to ever win a Big Ten title. And Turgeon, I had the same conversation that Drew had. He looked at me, he was like, look, you know, um, you know, I was going to start the normal guys. How do you feel about that? And I was like, look, man, I start them, win the game. I don't, I couldn't care less. All I care about is we win the game. We went out. Anthony was great. Eric had a great game. I think everybody played well. We won. Um, I got in at the, like, what, 40 seconds left, a minute left. I dribbled out the clock. Um, and we partied. We had a hell of a day. Kev was there back in town. Because it was yeah. Kev's um, senior night, too. He just wasn't on the team. It was, it was Kev's <laughs> senior night, too. He I just, he, his, his bum ass wasn't on the middle of the court with us. He was out there, you know, making a lot of money. Um, but it was, it was, I don't know, it was like a great way to end it, I think. And it was kind of crazy because that, like, that was the last game I ever played, right? Like, Big Ten tournament got canceled. NCAAs got canceled. That's how we went out, um, which was unique. But it was... I don't know. That's that's the part I think it's, it's lost in. It. It's like it's a special day. It's a lot going on, but there's a broader, bigger, overarching story in in your season, right? It's like, and it's great. Like we all had opportunities. It was like this is an important game. We had to win, you know. And and, and, it was and a lot tomorrow of fun. will be different too Our, because this is a massive seeding game, just like we had. You know, like we have to win this game. Northwestern has a one game lead on us. This is how you get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. You know, we have it sold out senior day, but who cares about senior day if you lose? You know what I mean? Like, you can't tell yeah. me Jarrett, Checo, and all those guys had a fun senior day. We got beat by 40. You know what I mean? Yikes. Yeah, I yeah. can say I had a fun yeah. senior day because we, we won by, you know, 14 points. You guys can say it because you guys won. It, there's just, like Travis said, there's a broader picture. Um, and while I do think it's a day – with singular focus on the seniors if you have the right team it's never a singular focus it's still about the broader picture of okay we need to win this game yeah this will be fun for a minute 
but then let's lock in and let's you know let's do what we're supposed to do here and let's get a double buy in the Big Ten tournament. But I think it like it is also definitely important to note that like it feel it just like that day that game feels different, right? Like we as a senior, you practice the walking out with your family, and they have all these banners and things up in the gym and Turge, you know. We, we, he was talking about how, okay, we're gonna, our warm-up is different, right? Because you have this big ceremony before the game. Like, there's a lot of emotion. Um, and it is, like, not always easy to remember and focus on, like, just playing the game. So, like, it's possible they're jitters. It's possible that, you know, they come out and they jump on us a little bit because, you know, it's not their senior day. They're here to spoil that. Um, the better you can, like, manage those emotions and harness it and, like, fuel that into effort, energy, winning plays, you know, the better it is. Because at the end of the day, like – the best way to make the senior night special memorable is to win. For sure. I remember that. I remember that day too. Travis's me and Bruno came and we went to that game. we had like played a game in Memphis the night before, stayed over in Memphis, flew that morning. And it was, it was like, even for me, that like would have been my senior day. And it was like a weird feeling. Everyone was trying to make it inclusive, which for me, it was like super awkward. Cause it was like, look, like it's, it's not my senior day. Like it, like it would be, but like, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. not. Um, even after the game, like we sat courtside, we, we got to do, uh, the announcement on the big screen where they, the, uh, I have Maryland pride, which is a lot of fun. You know, everyone at Maryland's like the, pre- or, uh, Bruno's like the president at Maryland. Yeah. He goes back. Everybody loves that dude. <laughs> uh, and then after the game, when everybody like stormed the court and you guys are cutting down the nets, that was kind of for me, like, Hey, get to schmooze and see Tosh and, uh, talk to Matt and, you know, the, the different people around the program. And then Turge came up to me and Bruno, he's like, hey, he's like, do you guys want to cut down the nets? Like, you guys are a part of this. And it was the same conversation. It was just like, to be honest, coach, like, I'm good. Yeah. Like, like as much as I was a part of this, like, like I wasn't. Like, I had nothing to do with this season. Like, I watched from afar. It was great. And I love that, like, they try to make it inclusive. But I remember that was just, like, a weird energy day for me because I was so happy for – the the program and the school but like everyone was also trying to include me and bruno and everything that was happening and i was like it's like man like i'm good being a fan like i'm good being here like i'm supporting ant like he's my classmate when i came in my guy travis you guys were on the team but i remember just like that energy of that day i was just like and a little bit just ready to get it over with and get back to atlanta like play the next game but it was uh that was a great game i mean you guys took care of business right from the gym yeah. And now Bruno's Bruno's the man, but I would not be shocked if Turge asked Bruno first. If Bruno would have been up there with the whole neck uh, net around his neck, yelling at everybody. That's what he does. It's the he energy is. man. He he's he's president yeah, of college bar. Mr. Energy when it comes to that type of stuff. It's it's funny y'all bring that up because they had they had Kev they had you and Bruno on the mic, and the whole you know we have Maryland pride thing. And I promise it was the middle of a timeout, and he almost broke the speakers in the gym because of how loud he yelled into that microphone. I was like, brother, like relax. Like it's a microphone. It amplifies your voice. You don't need to yell. You can just, and he's, we have Marilyn Brown. Like, All right. Somebody get this guy up the court. He's going to get him out of the building. The entire speaker system and the entire game is going to be screwed. And he won't be invited back again. Um, but no, it's a special, it's, it's a lot of emotion, a lot of energy. Um, but it's it's a big game. Like it's a really really big game. Northwestern has been a surprising team. Um, I didn't see this coming for them. I'll tell you that. Um, but you know, for to play for a double buy in the Big Ten tournament is is huge, yeah. right? Like that is the difference between going to a championship and I, not. So, dude, I um, think I think double buys in the Big Ten is so underlooked 
where like the, am i saying that right is it overlooked or underlooked underrated, underrated. is what i mean to Maybe. say where if you get that double buy like kevin you played nah bad example um <laughs> this freshman year our freshman year with a double buy we got I know, smoked i, I know it. but i'm thinking like i'm thinking when when i was a freshman we made it to saturday and so we played Nebraska the first day, then we played Michigan State the second. And I remember that was like bro, two games in two days was really, really rough on a lot of those guys. Like Mello was playing 38, Jake Lehman was playing 38, Diamond was playing a lot, Rob Carter. So it was like, if you don't have that double buy and you're playing three days and three days just to make it to the semis, then the fourth game, it's rough, man. Like those minutes add up. And I know, Kevin, you're a little bit more used to it in the NBA. But when you are only used to playing one or two games every week, and then you go to three games in three days, that I mean, it's tough. It's also the it Big is. Ten, bro. It's a lot of every cool. team, every team is good. Not every team's great, but they're all good. And it's like if you don't get a double bye, your first game just to make it to that round might be a Michigan yeah. State. So you want to get that double bye. So you can let those teams beat, let Rutgers play Michigan State and beat up on each other. You don't want to play that game just to make it to that yeah. next round. Reese says Reese says nightmares about Michigan State, as you can tell. Oh, I love Reese Michigan State. Does not want to see Michigan State at any part at any point in any season. Yeah, we own them. I scared is a is a whoop whoop his ass. Is a right. beat the shit out. No, you. they did say I was in the game, and they were like. Uh, they're like, foul his ass. Like, and they, the one coach like, don't even check him. I Damn. looked over. <laughs> mad disrespect. They don't mess around, bro. I'm because you, we were, do not mess around. No, it's because they were pissed, bro. We kept cooking. My senior year, we just kept beating them. And it, it, we expected to beat them. And it was funny. Michigan, we, we could not touch. But Michigan State, we beat Tom Izzo every time we saw him. Which is rare. Uh, hang on. I get, yeah. Just because I get paid to say this, uh, scouting report. Uh, Northwestern, and I do not, I, I in fact do not get paid to say that, but scouting report, <laughs> Northwestern, uh, real quick, let's just, let's rip them, rip them up real quick. Uh, maybe the hottest team in the Big Ten, period. I know they, they just blew a 25-point lead at Illinois. Illinois is a really, really tough place to play, and we talk about runs a lot. Illinois is one of those places where they get two to three big runs of seven to eight to nine points. And they just put a couple together. Sometimes you just can't stop that. But Northwestern as a whole, bro, they're good on the road. Like, they beat good teams. They beat Wisconsin. They beat IU. They beat Ohio State. I know Ohio State sucks. You know, they, they've beaten a lot of really good teams on the road that you can't sit there and say, hey, this is going to be an easy win. And, like, not only have they beat people, but I, I saw a stat the other day, and it was like, Northwestern has won, I think it was four conference games by 13 points or more, um, which is like, I mean, it's, 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 it's a Big Ten conference game. 99% of those games are close. That was an impressive stat to me because it was like, look, they're not just beating teams, they're beating the shit out of teams. Um, they guard, they kind of bump and hand check a little bit, but it works. They get away with it, they guard. They're always in the right position. And then on the offensive end, they got a couple guards who kind of just, like, boogie, right? Like, Boo Booey can go get a bucket. Chase Audige is Boo tough Booey's as nails. Boo be first and... team all Big Ten. See, I'm curious to see what they do with that because he will be. there's, like, six guys that are going to be right there for that. Shout out. You guys know where Boo Booey uh, went to high school? 
Troy High School in upstate New York, same conference as Shenandoah, where your boy went. Me and Boo Boo, we played each other in high school. You, he was actually, I was a senior, I believe. He was a sophomore. Oh, we, oh, we beat the shit out of everybody in our conference. <laughs> we beat them. Uh, played for City Rocks. Boo Boo, he actually comes from. He comes from a big basketball family. His brother Taylor Battle, who went oh, to Penn State. Um, so that guy can play. Boo Booey, bro. He was. Boo Boo's always just had a lot of shit in his game. Like he's a guy who can just like give the ball and he can go get you a bucket. He was super under recruited, which to me like made no sense. He didn't really blow up in AU, and not sure the story of how he got to Northwestern. I think it was a lot of connections wise. Obviously, he shows he deserved every bit of going there. But remember when he signed there to Northwestern, thinking like like damn, good for him. Like he had to do a year of prep. I wasn't sure where he was going to end up. Um, ended up in Northwestern. I'm like this guy's by the time he's a junior senior just because he can go get a bucket like he's going to be somebody that people know about but but yeah troy new york uh went to high school there i used to play him in high school he was a young buck so i used to give him that work but he's killing you remember you remember in the summer kev when we were in chicago and we were with him i i remember talking i remember talking to him he was like because i i was you know i was drinking a little bit I, i was saying whatever I was talking about Northwestern. You're going to stay at North Northwestern. You guys suck. You know, he was like, no, nah, I think it's different, bro. I think we're building a culture. Like I honestly like believe that we have something that a lot of people don't see. Um, and he proved it. I mean, the kid went out there and he is absolutely balling. Like we said, but more than that, his team, like they actually have pieces with Adige and, you know, they're big, uh, Baron and you know all these different guys like they had Nance transfer out like one of their best players transfer out and now they have the best defense in the Big Ten or at least top five and yes they're they're experienced all in one it's weird they have a weird mix they have two guards that can go they have a big that's solid they have a good shooter they defend well and they have Collins who I think is a really good coach so I think they have the pieces to put it together I just didn't see it obviously he did and more- the other thing with them, though, is, like, they've won, and they've won on the road. Like, they're not going to come in tomorrow and be like, oh, you know, Maryland, tough home road environment, this and that. Like, they're going to walk into the X tomorrow and be like, we can beat these guys, right? Like, they've won at Wisconsin. At, Indiana. Um, Indiana, at Ohio State. They had Illinois on the ropes on the road. Like, these guys are not going to be phased at all. They're going to come in tomorrow and, and try to – our ass. And I bet Boo Booey, I bet he takes his matchup with Jameer yeah. tomorrow personally. Because these are two guys sure. that are both like on the cusp of like first yes. team all league. And they're both kind of guys who maybe weren't on the radar at the beginning of the year the way some might have thought. He's going to take that personally. They're going to so go they're at 11 and 6 and good for play, and they've lost three games at home. Like, and I'm sorry, Northwestern is, a, is the easiest place in the Big Ten to play. Like, plain and simple. <laughs> it, it is the, no the easiest place in the Big Ten to play. So that's. Play tougher high school that, games. That's part of the reason. I, I literally played tougher high but school games. But that shows how tough they are, bro. Like going on the road and being what are they? Thirteen. They're six and three on the road. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. Wow. Especially when the rest of the league it's hard to do. overall, Purdue thirteen and one at home. Maryland fifteen. IU fourteen and one. Illinois fourteen and two. Like the top teams, where they don't lose at home. And these are the guys that were going in there giving IU that one loss. <laughs> So let's just hope that they're not giving Maryland that one loss unless we're careful. You know, they they have the firepower to do it. Yeah. And uh, Boo Booey, just so you guys talk about him. Pretty impressive, though. Ten, 
uh, freshman and sophomore year averaged 10 points per game, which is good. It's fine. The junior year, 14, and this year, senior year, 17.6. So good for him, like you say, sticking around, staying to the grind, trusting his coach. Like you said, Collins is great. He's doing a good job there. And really sticking it out and averaging 17.6 in the Big Ten is really, yeah, really a- impressive. What did Anthony average his senior like 17-ish. year? 17-ish. 17-18. Yeah. And he led us, so good yeah. for Boo Booey. I just Northwestern, man, they made a tournament a couple years ago, and they it rubbed me the wrong way crazy how they made that documentary about it. And it was like, you've been in Division One for 80-something-plus years, and you're just now making the NCAA tournament for the first time, and you're making a documentary about it? Like, everybody yeah. else in the country literally did this, like, back, like, during World War One. So, like, why, why, why are we, like, why are we making some massive yeah. show about it? That was a team that beat up. That was a good team. Scotty Lindsay, Vic Law. It was a good team. Uh, Brian McIntosh. They whooped y'all. Head, headband went crazy on Derek that. Pardon. Pardon. They didn't have a dude with a headband. Here. Pardon. They did. Cooked y'all. Pardon. Ass. Cooked <laughs> you guys. That was a good team, though. They should, they should have been in the tournament. Been a lot worse if they weren't. McIntosh is coaching yeah, there, he I is. think. He was, last time I saw him, he yeah, was on the bench. he's one of the assistants here. Bro, it, like, Northwestern, too, is one of those teams where, Kevin, you say it all the time. Like, at Nebraska, easy dub. At Minnesota, easy dub. At Rutgers, easy dub. But it's starting to shift a little bit, but that mentality is still there, which hurts the, like, the opposing team. Yeah. Like, Northwestern is an easy dub. I don't care how you look at it. They can be 21 in the country. They could beat everybody in the world. And I'm still thinking, I could start at Northwestern. I could start there. You know? You should never lose but those guys. You, sh- you should never lose those like- guys. Shit ever. Like, right away in your schedule, you point, you look at your schedule, Northwestern, okay, that's a W. Okay, uh, Nebraska, that's a W. Doesn't matter what Michigan State is like that. It's okay, crazy. that's a tough game. Uh, Ohio it's crazy. State, that's a tough game. Purdue, that's like, right away, it doesn't matter who they are. Iowa, coin flip. Hey, we should we should beat them at home, but, man, they're going to score it in their yeah. place. Like, that, you that look at the schedule, Northwestern at home at the end of the year, we're beating that ass. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how good they are. Bro, you Those look. Guys. You look. How many times were we playing Northwestern? How many times were we playing Nebraska? You look at that and you're like, how many times Minnesota? That's how easy our schedule is, or how hard? It depends how many times <laughs> yeah. you get to play those guys. Yeah. Bro, I remember it's like in football. Those guys are like, you, you look at Ohio State, Penn State, and you're like, okay, shit, we can loss, beat everybody loss. else, but like, yeah, loss. Okay, we're not beating those guys. Who do we have next that we can get to six hey, wins? So like, it's flipped and do the same thing in basketball. He, here's something real quick that a lot of people are asking me about. How do players on the team, and this is so funny because I have so many stories about us doing this, but how do players on the team think about getting into the tournament? And like, do they look at the schedule and do they look ahead? Or is it really one game at a time? We're going to win this game and then we're going to go. I remember so many times we would have that little magnet on our on our fridge and we'd be sitting in the room. We're like, all right, fuck, we got at Michigan State probably lost. <laughs> like more, more than likely we're going to lose there. Okay, we got Nebraska at home. Easy win. That's one. We just need three more. You know, then we're going through and we're like, Rutgers. Like, once you get to February, I don't care what anybody says, you're looking for those easy wins. Any win you can get that says, hey, we're going to make it to the tournament if we get four more wins. Because that's how I always played it. I was always like, bro, you get to 21 wins on your on your season, you're more than likely going to the dance. 20 wins is really the the threshold. 
so I was always counting. And I remember we'd sit in the in the living room. We'd all just be sitting there eating a bowl of cereal. And we'd be like, okay, at Michigan, you know, probably fucked. But, but we've got Minnesota at the crib right after. That's a win. That's one. Yeah, like that. And it's, it's crazy because nobody you, – you'll ask a guy, right? A guy walk into a press conference and say, one game at a time. We're not focused on the rest of the season. All that matters is Northwestern. That's all, that's our only focus. They'll go back in the apartments. I used to sit with Anthony on a couch, and we pull up the schedule and be like, "All right, we got to win this one. We got to win that one. That Coin one's toss, gonna be yeah. tough." It's impossible. It's impossible not to, right? Because you're you're worried about seeding. You're worried about winning games. I think everybody's gonna say they don't do it. And when you lock in on a scouting report on a game, like you, that's all you're thinking about, really, kind of. But like. Big picture, I, I think. I think everybody does it. It's impossible okay. not to. The best part is when you you schedule like five games out. You're like, okay, if we go three and two, we're we're yes. we're in. Now, if we go four oh, and one, we might be a we might be a six. You know, but the worst <laughs> is, is usually you go like one and four, and then, yeah. and then you're like, all right, I don't know yeah. what are we doing here. Like this is supposed to be a win. This is supposed to be a win. Now you're at you're going at Michigan State. And you're like, holy yeah, shit, we got to win this one. Luckily, we're in a good position. Now, the tough part is after this, we got two road games. So this is kind of like you need this one. It's a home game. It's a vulnerable opponent. I think Northwestern could be fifth in the country and still say you should beat the shit out of those guys. You got to have yeah, it. Cause- I think it's into the last two games. Like Ohio State hasn't won in forever. That just means like they're due. And we never win at Penn State. Just, and like, we never players. win at Penn State. And, and I just, and I'm sorry, but Penn State has to win that game. To get into the tournament, they are like Correct. maximum bubble. They're teetering back and forth. They're not a great road team, but they are a really good home team because it's tough to play there. That's the last team you want to play. That's the last team you want to play is the team that has to win. Like at this point in the season, if you look at any game on the schedule and you say who's going to win, probably the team that has to win. It. Ohio State hasn't won a game, by the way. They've lost 11, 11 of their last 12. That's absurd. Is. Is Holtman, Turner, is Holtman on the hot seat? Oh, yeah. Bro, I think Has he just signed an extension. The thing is, like, they're, they've been so his, – his whole thing, I think, for years has been, like, they never were great. They never won a bunch of games in the postseason, but they were always good. Like, you always knew they were going to be a pretty solid, decent team. And now it feels like the bottom kind of fell out this year. And guess what? It's 2023. Evan Turner's not walking mm-hmm. through them doors. Like – but here's the here's the thing about it too. Not like we know any of these coaching candidates, but it's not about who you it's not about who you fire. It's about who you hire. Yeah. If you're Ohio State, who the hell are you going to go hire after Chris Holdman? Like that is he's proved it in the two colleges before. He was like it, it's so tough to win a college basketball. He's definitely not on the hot seat. It's definitely like this. Hey, <laughs> this didn't go as well as it should have. Um, he's got a little bit more rain there, but like unless you got somebody else walking through those doors, that's for sure another home run. Uh, I mean, especially what you've seen around college basketball, like with all the scandals and all the off-court issues and beard out at Texas and what's ha- potentially happening in Alabama and Arkansas. Like, there's there's so many good coaches that, like, there's no guarantee you're going to find somebody that's more proven than Holtman walking through those doors. I think that was 100 version to Ohio State. They expect to win, though. At Ohio State, like, they those guys expect to win. So even if it's not like, a, okay, he's getting fired as soon as the season ends, I think now he's in a position where, like, he needs to make something happen fast because I think people are already kind of over the mediocrity. Like he's put on yes. good teams and they haven't won anything. Like well, you got to go win something. similar to. 
Mark, Mark Turgeon. Turgeon. <laughs> and we're just like naming Mark Turgeon. Like, bro, if you look at their both records, regular season, probably yeah. phenomenal. I mean, probably always third through six in the Big Ten, which is hard to come by. But it's that March. I mean, it's when they lost to Oral Roberts, that's but that probably. So that's the only thing I'll say to that, and like, there's only five, six, seven, eight, eight coaches maybe that you can say differently. Name name a coach that that's not their calling card. You know, you sit there and you talk. We talk about Matt Painter all the time. They went to an elite eight one time, and it was a miracle run. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go another step further, like. Just somebody name me a name me a random coach like anybody. Just name me somebody. Can't even Huggins that has Huggins. You said that has a one. Like it's the Blue Bloods make it far every year. And guess like what? They're locked up. That's year. a contract. Like they they are not leaving. Yeah. So everybody wants to say, oh, we expect this, and we need the next big coach, and we need you know blah blah blah. Everybody's story at the end of the year is we lost our last game except for one. And ninety percent of these coaches is. The same story. Good regular season. They might win a game in the tournament, and that's a good year for most people. But when you're in, you know, when you're when you're talking about programs like Ohio State and Maryland, that their fans expect it so much, it's really really tough to produce that type of result, especially quickly. Because I'm sorry, we there's these yeah. colleges that are not rivet. There's these colleges that like there's like Ohio State is like such a big brand. Like Maryland's like a big brand. Like the they expect to win. But, like, the history behind it is not, like, year after year consistency. Like, you have so many highs and lows that these programs go through that there's very few programs that sustain it. And that's why these coaches are special and why you got to hold on to them when you have them. Yeah. I think you guys are so right. I just think people don't think like that, unfortunately. Like, it's always, what have you done for me lately in, in terms of championships and postseason wins. But you guys are totally right. Like, it's 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 not easy to do that. How many, how many national championships has Maryland won in 120 years? Ooh, Guess no. what? That's just, I mean, it's it's tough to win. Like, that's just plain and simple. And I know all these fans want to, you know, talk about, and, and I'm not blaming them because, like, I do think the standard is winning a national championship. I really do. But there also is a mm-hmm. realistic expectation to never run out a coach that could produce those results, which Holtman, you never know. Like, I think he's good enough X's and O's wise to produce that type of result. I think Ohio State's a big enough place to get good enough recruits for him to put it into motion. So you just want to start, you know, figuring out little things uh, to keep coaches around where the expectation, if you if you only go to a sweet 16 or if you only go to around a 32, don't kick them. You know, let let the program build a little bit. You need more than one year. And real quick, and that was too, that was Willard talked about that when we were there preseason and we were asking of the difference between Seton Hall and Maryland. He talked about, like, the potential of Maryland just being so much greater. Like, he could always get a Seton Hall. He could always get a really good player. He could always have, like, a guy. It was tough to get three, four, and five guys at a place like Seton Hall that could truly go and compete for a national championship. And he said, ultimately, he feels like Maryland is a place like I can go get I can go get five guys that are all elite level prospects that are that are like, quote unquote, guys I would have had at Seton Hall that like you talk about the potential. Maryland's a program that, that could be that. But like you said, a hundred and how many years you got one national championship like there's there's more lows and a lot of times than there is highs. You just ride out the highs. Yeah, I agree. Uh, word on campus. You guys think that was word on campus or we got word on campus? Who's got something? 
Anybody got anything you want? To talk we're not about? cameras. We're talking about senior senior day, senior baby. Night, baby. Senior day. Senior days. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep the night before my senior night. I didn't you think I the guys sleep. are itching because four years goes by so quickly. It goes by so quickly into thing like this is your last game at home. Like it's it's it kind of it, it, it's it's tough to to fathom almost that like it goes by that quickly. I'm gonna throw it out there. There's not gonna be a much better senior night than Travis Valmans and Anthony Cowens and Will Clark's. I mean, that was yeah. unreal. Because the boys, we almost did not win the Big Ten, and it came down to one game. And like Travis said, you either go on that court and you're a Big Ten champion and you're known forever and that's your senior night, or you lose. It's really embarrassing, and it's probably the worst senior night. So that was an awesome night. Slept on the floor did that you night. Guys, uh, the bed so was you guys right get there, let up? Totally slept on the floor. What'd you say? You got let up. <laughs> I don't think we made it to class yeah. on Monday. That's all I'm gonna say. It was, I don't think we made it to class on Monday. It was a Sunday. No, I don't we, think we made it to class on Monday. A very important rule about winning at any level: <laughs> you celebrate the Absolutely. wins. You celebrate the wins. We celebrated. For I was a, week. a huge morale guy when it came to wins. <laughs> huge. I was big on energy toward wins. Is always good energy. Winning is so contagious. You just got to let that thing. But guess what's more contagious? Losing. That's why you celebrate the hell out of the wins. I mean, it's, it's not easy to to sustain winning in college basketball. Um, last, you know, we are. You, you know, we are on this podcast, though. Winners. I know a winners. lot of guys. I would say I'm a big time winner. And you know, what winners do. You know, what winners do. Winners, winners win. do win. Um, okay, so we know senior night's coming up tomorrow. Everybody's fired up. Everybody's excited. Uh, Northwestern let's just hope that we just give you guys a little bit of a red bottom we'll go into next week we know we're going to spank Ohio State around uh, and then we're going to close out the year right so uh, hopefully we can get a double buy into the Big Ten we're going to be talking about uh, the Big Ten tournament next week we're fired up it's starting to get March we want to start trending upward not sideways or down and I think we're in that right direction so this is another episode of Old Terps Podcast we appreciate you guys listening fired up for y'all um senior day tomorrow get the boys rolling how great are we the best beyond the big 10 is a network of podcasts that aims to be your go-to resource for all things big 10 we cover the entire conference with shows hosted by ex-players and athletic alumni aiming to be your go-to source of information and entertainment for your favorite team hosted by ex-big 10 players media and insiders our podcasts are focused on giving diehard fans and those alums an inside scoop about the teams and people that make the Big Ten Conference one of the most watched and most talked about conferences in sports. We're excited to talk Big Ten basketball with you wherever you may be. Subscribe now.